I know an awful lot of people, say people, crafters, makers, artists particularly, who stay stuck in that back room, that they're creating their products, they're developing the ideas, and they've got so many work in progress going on, and they've started the website, they've started doing this, but they never get out of that back room to get out and be seen. Then you have people who have got as far as they've finished the website, they've finished everything, and maybe they've put one post out on social media, and then it's crickets, it's silence, and nothing happens. And they don't do anything else because they don't quite believe. You get stuck then in that middle section. Whereas for me, you've got to be able to fling open those doors, do your marketing and put the big smile on your face and welcome people in so that then you can have the thriving business. You need each of those three sections. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. I have another awesome guest for you guys today. You're gonna love her. Today's podcast guest is Nicola Smith from A Handcrafted Business. And Nicola and I totally hit it off. So you guys are gonna love this conversation. It was so fun to get to chat with her. We have both said that our philosophies completely align. It's like listening to ourselves. So Nicola is an experienced craft business mentor and coach who ran her own successful handcrafted personalized stationary business for over eight years. Nicola was featured on The Truth About Amazon Consumer Series for Channel 4, looking at the business practices of an online retailer. And in 2013, she founded a handcrafted business to help other crafters build and grow their craft-based business. She brings a wealth of experience in all aspects of running a small company, including marketing, sales, mindset, and operations. A handcrafted business empowers crafters, artists, and talented business owners to be able to live a financially independent, creative life while creating a legacy to benefit future generations. Hi, Nicola. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm good. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I think we connected in a Facebook group and I was like, you have to be on my podcast. You're perfect. Exactly who we want to talk to. So I'm really excited. I'm Nicola Smith. I currently run a business called A Handcrafted Business because I mainly work with makers and crafters and artists who are making money from their crafts. But if I go all the way back, I started as a photographer. In my very first job, I was a local newspaper photographer and it was a really, really brilliant job. And I absolutely loved going out and taking the photographs, but it was really, really poorly paid. It was a very, very low paid job and you had to provide all your own camera equipment as well. So That was quite an expense. But not only that, I suffered from a lack of confidence. I mean, I was only quite young, fresh out of college, first job. And I used to go back and say to the newspaper editor, what do you think of this photograph? And of course, you're opening yourself up for criticism as soon as you ask that question. Oh, well, you could have done this and you could have done that. And and it kind of just chips away at your, is your confidence. Well, there was another fellow photographer and he was a great photographer. He was a really nice guy, but he used to rock into the office and he'd go, this is a front page photograph to the editor. And they'd all coo and go, wow, yes, you're so right. That's amazing. And I actually used to look at the two next to each other and go, not that different. (laughs) There's not that much in it. But it still just chipped away at my confidence. He obviously just portrayed himself as he was good and everybody believed him. And I used to just say, I'm not sure what you think. 
people would make suggestions and it just made you feel really kind of not as good as you actually were. Looking back, I know that it wasn't a complete mindset issue. It was nothing to do with the quality of my work at all. It was purely everything that was going on in my head. As well as taking photos locally, we used to go and have to take photos for people who were advertising in the paper as well. One day on the spot, I was offered a job. It was a sales job. And at the time I was in a really low place. I wasn't feeling particularly good about my work. The money was poor. He offered to double my salary overnight plus pay me a commission on sales. It wasn't anything I was particularly interested in selling. I didn't know anything about sales in any way, shape or form, but I was feeling so low. My confidence was so low that I jumped. Well, it was out of the fire and into the frying pan, I think. First day, I realized immediately that it was a terrible, terrible mistake. Cold calling people and having people say no to you all the while really does nothing to boost your confidence. Got out of that as quickly as I could. But in the meantime, my eyesight changed. I now wear glasses. Back then, I didn't wear glasses. And when I was a photographer, I'm back in the days where you looked through a viewfinder. It was film. It wasn't digital. <laughs> it's going back quite a while. So there's no screens to look at or anything. So I lost my confidence even more so because I couldn't look through a viewfinder and I wasn't confident with focusing. So I ended up finding a marketing role, which was absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. I was very, very fortunate. They put me through some amazing training with the Chartered Institute of Marketing and it worked really, really well. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It allowed me to be creative and come up with ideas and well, it was learning a new skill as well. That was fantastic. Then I moved on to another new job, which was fantastic for a while, but then it turned into this awful experience for me. There was changes in the structure at the top and it filtered on down. They wanted to get rid of other people. I ended up leaving that in almost a worse state than I've been when I hadn't had the confidence when I left as a photographer because just everything had got knocked out. I'd gone kind of up and back down. I sat there and went, what do I do now? I didn't feel employable in any way, shape or form. My confidence was at absolute rock bottom. I didn't want to work for somebody else at all. It was looking at what skills I did have. And I had been a photographer. I'd learned about sales. Might not have enjoyed it, but I had picked up a few good skills along the way, particularly looking after customers and the account management side of sales and marketing, obviously. It was also the year that I'd got married and I'd done all my own wedding station. I've always been quite quite creative photography must have come from that as well. I decided that I was setting up my own handmade personalized stationery business and pulling in together all of my skills all in one. Confidence was still low. So it was kind of not jumping in with both feet. It was quite a gentle, gentle, gentle start. And actually, I made all the mistakes in the whole wide world to start with, because I was trying to do quite low cost products, selling them as one offs for covering anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas, you name it, I would cover that occasion. Well, if you think each one was being designed individually, and I could only charge a couple of pounds, three pounds for each one, I wasn't making much money, it wasn't doing very well. So I realized I really did need to niche down and start selling in bulk. I ended up moving and focusing on weddings. My motto now is that you have to, with your marketing in a business, you want to be talking to an audience where they flock together. It's four Fs, but that's one of the Fs where they flock together. Um, so I was targeting bridal shops and things like that so that I could be sharing a commission in return for the sales I was getting. And that worked phenomenally well. Absolutely loved it. And then a few years later, I started having my children. I had two children. They didn't ever sleep at all. Though I'm sure they were tag teaming. I was exhausted. I described it at the time as I was walking around like I was a walking zombie. I hadn't really got a clue what was going on. So the business kind of dwindled down because I just couldn't cope with thinking about it and managing it and doing everything. After a while, I was itching to get back to do something else. I then started to put together a marketplace platform. 
I just was itching. I wanted to do something. I'd love to have being my own boss. I didn't want to go out and get a job. I wanted to have that flexibility of being working from home. And I knew I'd got experiences and knowledge that I could share with other people. Do you know what? I'm going to create a wedding-based marketplace for other makers and crafters to sell. And I'll just do the selling and the marketing and the tech side because I really enjoy that. I started putting the feelers out, started getting some sellers on board, which was fantastic, except their photos were awful. Their copy was awful. The whole way they were describing things and their pricing Oh my word, don't get me started on pricing because how are you making any money on any of it? I mean, all the mistakes that I've made and come through. All I was doing was spending all of my time advising and helping and guiding people. And I very quickly realized that that's actually the part I was enjoying as well. So I stopped doing the Marketplace website, which was taking all my time on tech. I put months and months of work into it. It wasn't far off being launched, but it just, I realized that actually helping others make money from their craft was really what was lighting me up. So I launched a handcrafted business. A couple years ago, before we had kids, my husband lost his job. And I was like, okay, I'll just get another job part-time until you get another one. I got a job at my local newspaper doing sales, like cold call sales. It was awful. I was not good at that. I only did it for like six weeks before I moved into the design department. They were like, we don't usually transfer people who are so new. And I'm like, please, please let me out of this. I don't like it. I think you have to be a certain type of person, don't you, to kind of deal with the rejection that you naturally get. Because it's a numbers game. It ultimately is a numbers game. But you've got to be able to handle that rejection. If you're not that confident person, it just pushes you down. But I still feel like that experience, that moment is one of the ones that led me to where I am today. So I don't discredit it. I'm glad I had to power through it, but it really helped me become a designer in my career because then I moved to the design department. I think everything has a purpose. I mean, the fact that I have that sales background, I actually went into another job where I actually had some proper sales training, that job I was thrown into it. And to learn how to close a conversation, which I'm not sure how I feel ethically about it in many ways, but just to learn all those techniques is a fantastic skill to be able to have that you're asking the right questions and you're listening and then you're closing the conversation. I don't even like getting cold pitches. Like for the podcast, people will cold pitch me and I'm like, nope. Yeah, I'm going to say if double glazing salesmen, when they knock at the door, you go, no, not going to buy from you. Not having it. If I want you, I will contact you. But you've been through quite a journey and, and now you're helping product businesses like makers and artists and handmade businesses. Do you find that there's not as many resources out there for handcrafted product-based businesses as there are for like people who are selling courses and doing service-based business? You're right. There are not as many out there. Most marketing coaches, business coaches that are out there are very much all about the service space. Mine actually crosses. Some of my crafters and makers do teach, but they usually teach and sell products at the same time. So the majority is all about selling products. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast is because I felt like all the gurus, all the experts, all the people that were out there are teaching service-based businesses, or they're teaching you how to sell a course, or they're teaching you how to market your YouTube channel, but there are people who want to make products. The world exists on products. The other side of that is, is I get really frustrated because there's quite a few coaches out there as well that will talk to product-based business owners, but actually all they really want to do is teach them to become a service-based make them change their business, but that's not what they're in their business for. They're in their business because they want to make. Now, different business models suit different people at different times. And yes, 
explore the options. But I know a few out there that actually will push people. They want them as a client and that's what they know how to do. So that's what they push them into. I do think you have to work with people with what they want to do with their business. And if you want to sell products, it's a fantastic business to have. Yeah. The piece of it that frustrates me is when the teachers or the experts are saying, oh, these methods will work for product-based businesses, but they really don't have any understanding of product-based businesses. They're not talking about margins and they're not talking about shipping. It's not the same. Like you could sell a thousand dollar service. It's not going to work if you sell a product. You know, there's a big difference. Absolute massively, massive difference. And even now we're currently in the UK, we are dealing with the issues thinking shipping. Suddenly the VAT of shipping out to Europe, it's having a massive impact on us and the pricing and the issues that it's causing. Somebody who all they do is teach how to do courses, just as you say, has no understanding of. And whilst I can't always have the answers, because the answer for that one isn't clear cut at the moment, nobody knows what's going on. At least there's an understanding and it's there rather than a coach whose expertise is courses. They just dismiss it and ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist at all. All of that is so important. So talk to us about your handcrafted business. How do people work with you in your business? My membership's my main way. I do love my membership and I also have some one-to-one clients. I'm actually working on a new course at the moment, which is called Make Believe Marketing. We do all the stuff in the background, which is the make stuff, which isn't just the making and the art and the craft. It's in there, but it's everything else. It's sorting out your shipping. It's sorting out your website. It's all the stuff you do in the background that's in there. The believe section, because it's so important to me that you have to have that trust. You've got to trust in you. You've got to trust in your products. You've got to trust in your customer and you've got to trust in your business. And then it's the marketing because you've got to get out there and be seen. I know an awful lot of people, say people, crafters, makers, artists particularly, who stay stuck in that back room that they're creating their products, they're developing the ideas and they've got so many work in progress going on and they've started the website and they've started doing this, but they never get out of that back room to get out and be seen. Then you have people who have got as far as they finished the website, they finished everything and maybe they've put one post out on social media and then it's crickets, it's silence and nothing happens and they don't do anything else because they don't quite believe. You get stuck then in that middle section. Whereas for me, you've got to be able to fling open those doors, do your marketing and put the big smile on your face and welcome people in so that then you can have the thriving business. You need each of those three sections. That's my course that will be coming at some point soon. I've been a little bit in that back room about it, trying to perfect it and get it right. So I haven't got a set set date on it, but that's the basis even of all my teaching, whether it's in my membership or whether it's in my course. I work with a lot of clients. They have products. They've been making products. They have a website and they're still like not quite getting sales and they are frustrated and they don't know what to do next. If someone is in that position, what would you recommend they do as far as like start marketing? Like where's the first place that they should start? The first thing I do, it's actually all A, B, C, D, E, F. So I'll give you those titles first. You start with attracting people. Once you attract people, you get them onto your bridge I call it, because that's really where they're going to be able to see you again over and over and over. You then have to let them know how they can buy from you so they can consider, which is the C, so they can make the consideration. And at that point, they need completely different information. That's your frequently asked questions. It's your returns policy. It's your lead times. It's all of that kind of information they need there. Then we have your customer makes the decision. It's all about the experience. You've got to have the experience that goes all the way through everything. So it's consistent all the way through, whether you're fun and friendly or whether you're sophisticated, whatever that experience is that you give people, it's, it's all the way through. And then you have the fulfillment in there as well. 
from getting the sales, I would look at what they're using to attract people first, get seen, that curb appeal that goes on, that people go, I like that. And from there, Mm -hmm. how you get them to be on your bridge so you're seen by them over and over and over and over again. Personally, I've actually just applied this to my business. I'm completely embarrassed to admit it. But when I created this framework based on the eight years I had my own business and the eight years that I've been doing a handcrafted business and all that experience, it just kind of appeared in a flash in my head that this makes sense. That's how it works. And it's the buying process along with giving you clarity about how you do your marketing all at the same time. And you can find where the gaps are. But the first thing is, is the attract. And I thought in my head, I went, oh, well, I'm using Facebook and Instagram as my attraction because I'd fallen into a really bad habit of just not paying attention to what I was doing. So I was so busy serving everybody within my own membership and looking after their marketing that I'd fallen into that trap. So I thought, oh, Facebook and Instagram are my attraction. No, not really. I wasn't going out and networking on any of the platforms. I wasn't going connecting with other people. I wasn't putting any of that time in to get people to see me. I was just putting posts up. And we know Facebook and Instagram, you just don't get seen by new people. You're lucky if you get seen by your existing fans and followers. And then also in my head, I went, oh, and my bridge is my email list. Well, I'm not really doing anything to get people off Facebook onto my email. And I'm not sending many emails at the moment, Nicola. So how on earth is your own marketing working? So I completely shuffled that around. I was so excited when you invited me to come onto here because one my new attraction is podcasts is one of them get and other people's audiences being heard you're being seen if it's a video by people and then it's hey come over and see me over on my website and hopefully attract people onto my email list that way so it's putting into place that very clear path that you know how you're using things so that would be my advice that you've created the website which is a fantastic tool an amazing tool it's it's exactly what you need. And if you've designed it, then it's even better. But you have to get that traffic to them. It's how are you doing that first attraction? We fall into that trap of talking to the same people over and over and over again. You have to be getting out and have a way, whether it's adverts, whether it's other people's audiences, whatever it might be, to actually be seen by new people. I've worked really hard to like develop a strategy for every website we design, but that doesn't necessarily get new people to your website. Like we do incorporate SEO. So eventually that pays off, but it's not people sometimes think, oh, if I have a new website, then people are just going to come by. Good design doesn't necessarily fix all the problems. It works really well, doesn't it? That when people get there, that they love what they see. That that's how it works. And SEO, yes, it's a great attraction tool. I actually split attraction into three different elements from a marketing perspective. You can have paid, you can have proactive, or you can have passive. So paid is obviously you're paying for adverts, wherever they might be, for people to come and find your website. Proactive is the getting out and you're using social media platforms, but you're having to show up. You're having to put an awful lot of time and energy in to engage with people and connect with people. Or you've got your passive, which, as you say, is a little bit slower, but you do all the work in your time, as in the SEO and everything else that, that's going on, and it reaps you the awards afterwards, which is really nice. If When you've got that balance going, on it works really really well but you don't have to do the paid what kinds of businesses are in your membership oh all sorts I have people who make the most beautiful jewelry, different types of jewelry as well anything from chain mail to resin pendants all sorts I have a lady who makes the most wonderful personalized children's toy boxes which are amazing they're really really lovely handmade clothes children's clothes adults clothes some with exclusive fabrics as well that they've had designed just for them. 
bridal jewelry. I'm trying to work through my head now to try and think who else. I have a gentleman who makes, they're called fancy back shirts. And they are absolutely amazing because when you've got a jacket on, they look just like a normal shirt. But when you take your jacket off, the back is of a completely personal fabric of your choice. So it really kind of just shows your character and your personality. There's so many, you name it, it's there. If you can make it, there's probably someone in my membership who does. (laughs) Oh, an artist as well. I have got lots of artists. I think that's going to really align with a lot of the people who listen to the podcast because we have like lots of jewelry designers, candle makers, soap makers, artists. So it's going to be really great. Can we talk a little bit more about your membership? Because it sounds exactly like what I feel like people need. Even just yesterday, I was talking to my friend about how I have a lead who wants me to do a website audit. But when I look at her website, there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's beautiful. I could nitpick it. And she says that her business feels like it's kind of in a lull. And I'm like, it's probably like you probably just need to do some new marketing, like try something different, get in front of new people. Even I know that in my business, like that's when I get the most inquiries is when I'm showing up on other people's podcasts or putting myself out there, creating new workshops. Can we talk about how you help your members learn to do this piece? It starts with what they actually get in the membership. And what they get in the membership is we have two Q&A sessions a month where they can just show up and ask me questions on a Zoom. We chat through their issues and whatever their question is, we dig through. So there was one this week and it was about using email marketing and she'd had a gap and she'd put in her head to sort of go I need to do it properly and we talked it through and went actually no you need to do it in a way that aligns with you that fits with you and she'd put a barrier up and now she's off sending emails again and it's those silly little things sometimes that you don't even necessarily realize have got in your way but you've kind of built it up to something I do all sorts. I'm very practical and quite techie. So it can be anything from a, how do you do this, Nicola? And I screen share and and we walk through it through to let's talk about it and come up with a fresh marketing approach or even a new strategy for you. So those are the Q&As. We once a month also have a planning session for the following month where we dig into the numbers and we go, right, what do you actually need to sell this month to earn the money that you want to bring in this month? And we figure out those numbers and plan all that in about how it's going to work in the month. There's also a Facebook group with a fabulous community, which is wonderful because it means that there's 24-7, there's somebody there, the support of some kind. Because whether you've got that awkward customer through to celebrating, there's somebody always there, always somebody you can ask a question of. And obviously, I'm in there a lot. And then there's a library of resources that they get, they can dig into. So one of the things I do is we have guest experts come in most months. They share and they teach something as well. And what we usually do on those sessions, it's really quite nice because we have a Zoom session where the expert comes in, expert goes, but then we stay on and I stay on and we discuss what have we actually learned from this session? What can we go away and implement? So actually it becomes about doing and taking action within your business. But yeah, it's a fabulous place. And that's, I, I feel a little bit, it's mine. So of course I'm going to say that, but it really is. It makes a difference. It gives people the confidence to get things done. It sounds really fabulous. It's so funny because I had a membership called it Product Powerhouse, the club. So we're like totally aligned. I ended up closing it because I wanted to go all in on design. And now I feel like all the people that wanted to stay, they need to come over to your club. What you're providing is the same and they need your expertise because we've already finished their website and now they need you to teach them more marketing. What's the best way to find your club? The Handcrafted Business Club. My website is ahandcraftedbusiness.com. Yeah, and we're going to have that link in the show notes. 
We're going to have that link on the blog. And I'm also going to send an email about this because I feel like it's the perfect club for so many people who I've done what I'm supposed to do. Now they need the next step. And like, I can help a little bit. I love marketing, but I'm not all in on marketing. So it's hard to be like, oh, do this specifically. Like I love setting up the tech side of marketing. Like I love setting up affiliate programs. I love setting up rewards programs. I love setting up all the tech on their website that helps them with their marketing, but they need you next. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a really awesome conversation. I want to ask if you had like one takeaway for someone listening who's like feeling stuck in their marketing, what do you think that they should do? Apply my marketing style, which is really hard to do when you can't see the marketing style, but the the A, B, C, D, E, F. But really, those first two sections, look at how you attract and bring people in and then look at how you contact and get back in touch with people because you've brought them onto your bridge. And if you don't contact them, they'll fall off your bridge and disappear and go somewhere else. So, But you need both of those stages within your marketing. In my experience, what tends to happen is people just start talking to an empty room and hope that people will come and find them. You have to put yourself in that position where people can find you or they come across you to bring them into your room, which is your bridge. It's it's being really clear about knowing how you're doing that and other people's audiences and being invited onto wonderful podcasts like this are a perfect way of doing it. We've done an episode where I talked about two different kinds of marketing and it's the same thing as like your A and B and it's like A is you are bringing in new people and B is you're nurturing the existing people. So I love how you're putting them together to create the system. The one thing I haven't told you about the marketing star, there is another part to it. So it's actually a five-sided star. Top point is the attract and they follow around, but the experience is on the side. It does make sense if, it, if you see it. But that bit in the middle, I actually say it's it's a T, it's trigger. Because when you attract people, your audience that you're attracting, they need to have a need, a want or a desire for what it is that you're doing, that trigger for them to then come and move to your bridge and once they're on your bridge and you're you're telling them how they can buy from you and you're reassuring, you're building up that trust, they still again need that trigger to then go on to make the consideration. It all comes back to knowing your ideal customer, understanding why it is that they're buying. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Nicola. This has been fantastic. I'm excited to send people to check out your club. I think it's going to be exactly what they need. Where else can they find you online? Like where can they hang out with you? YouTube is somewhere that I'm trying to be really intentional about putting up new videos every week. So YouTube is probably the best place, but I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and and all of those. We'll be sure to include links to all your social media, your YouTube channel. I watched a few videos last night preparing. You guys are going to love them. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a delight getting to talk to you and, you know, hear your methods for marketing. Thank you so much for asking me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create, and I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.